Disney Decipher, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, Leslie tells us about our recent trip on the Disney Wonder, and I talk a little bit about my recent experience with Tron. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDecipher.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered, where you can receive bonus content. You can also support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. If you have any questions for us, email us disneydeciphered at gmail.com, tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter, or find us on Facebook and Instagram, Disney Deciphered. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So Leslie just got back from the Disney Wonder, her first Disney cruise since we went, Leslie, 2017? Yeah, six years ago. Wow. Yeah, yeah. so a lot has changed since then. But uh, we have been doing a lot of Disney cruise stuff recently so we thought uh not to go too deep into things we're gonna do three ups three downs from leslie's disney cruise uh, before we get to that i want to start by thanking some of our newest patrons you can check us out on patreon.com slash disney deciphered where we receive bonus content like leslie's uh, cruise trip reports which i think like myself leslie you uploaded after coming back because of disney's wonders uh wi-fi is just not uh not up to snuff yeah, yeah, they're going up day by day right now. I think I've got the first two days up as of the time we're recording it. So by the time this releases, probably everything will be will be up. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But a special shout out and thank you to Karen T and Beth D for recently subscribing. We really appreciate it. Again, patreon.com slash Disney Deciphered if you want to check that out. And you can also support us at no cost to you by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or liking and subscribing our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Disney Deciphered. Leslie, where can people find you and find your work? I'm at Trips with Tykes everywhere on social media. And then, of course, Trips with Tykes dot com where you can get all the long form blog content and you can find me at as joe flies all over social media and of course if you're planning a disney trip you can email me joseph chung at travelmation.net all right leslie let's get into it uh tell us actually you're gonna be doing a lot of talking so let me talk about your cruise it was a spring break cruise out of san diego five nights on the wonder with stops in cozumel and ensenada with stops Oh, I got Cozumel's it. On, on the other side of Mexico. It's on the other side of Mexico, <laughs> yes. With stops in Cabo and Ensenada, Mexico. And then two sea days? Yeah, two sea days. And we flew into San Diego the day before. Even though, I mean, we that route between Oakland and San Diego was flown about 10 times a day by Southwest. And, you know, we just don't ever think it's a good idea, even on a route that you can drive last minute to, to fly in the same day. So... We got an extra bonus day in San Diego where we stayed at the um, Hotel Del Coronado, which is an iconic hotel beforehand, which was great. Did you uh, talk about that in your trip report? I did. I did. So you'll yeah, so, have to listen there. Yeah, we'll leave it there. But uh, yeah, Leslie was really excited about uh, her hotel stay there. So after that, you got on board. Um, what order like was the sea days split in between or were they in a row? How did that work? So it was boarding day, then sea day, then Cabo, then sea day, then Ensenada, then back to San Diego. Awesome. And then uh, last thing, kind of trip report wise, did you end up making a highlight on Instagram for your trip? 
Yes, why, thank you, Joe. <laughs> you can check that out on Instagram. It's called Disney Wonder, I believe, is the highlight on Instagram. So you can see, I mean, I didn't upload as much as I normally would just because, again, Wi-Fi at sea. And we um, had thought we were going to get service while in port in both ports. But in Cabo San Lucas, you actually have to um, anchor offshore and tender in. And we were just far enough sort of outside of the zone of shore Wi-Fi or of shore cell data that we couldn't quite get service on the ship there. Well, you know, it's good to unplug sometimes and nothing like sailing on the Disney Wonder in my experience to uh, <laughs> unplug if you need to get away from the computer <laughs> for a little bit. But yeah, let's get to your three ups and three down. Uh, so I realize that Leslie does not listen to as much or watch as much sport talk shows as I do. You know, it's a typical concept, you know, three great things about the cruise and three not so good things uh, we should clarify up front that there were way more than three ups um and three downs is weren't many more than three downs but you know for the premise of the show we'll just do three up and three down so uh why don't you get us started leslie what do you want to talk about first all right. First of all, Joe, my concept from sports ball <laughs> of three up, three down is three batters up, three struck out, like three down from baseball. So do I, I mean, get any cred for that? Do I get any cred for that? That is that is three up, three down. Wow. Okay. So when I when I said Leslie, we should do three up, three down. You you must have thought I just meant a super short episode. <laughs> I was I was a little confused, but that's the baseball centric, uh, I guess, way that our household operates. So there you go. Yeah, but let's uh, the less we talk about the Oakland A's right now, oh, probably don't. the better I know. I'm for sorry. you guys. Ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So, so three positives. I'll start with the first positive, and this was very timely for me. Um, my daughter turned 14 while we were on the cruise, so this happened to be like the perfect uh, combination of uh, spring break, Easter, and a birthday for our family. So the big, big positive for us and for her were the teen offerings on the Wonder and on Disney Cruise Line in general. In general, I mean, I was so impressed by, uh, just to recap for those who don't sort of know what the lay of the land is, there's a kids club. It's from ages 3 to 12. Then there is a younger sort of tween club, which is for ages 11 through 14. And then there's a teen club for 14 to 17. And that's called Vibe. And my daughter, because she turned 14 on the cruise, um, we were able to get her in there from the very beginning. And in fact, you can actually get 13-year-olds in there more generally as long as you go to the club and sign a waiver. So there is sort of some flexibility on the teen club ages, especially like, you know, if you have somebody traveling with a family or friend and, you know, one kid's over the age limit, one kid's under, you can make sure they end up in the same club together most of the time as long as there's not like some really you know, extraordinary circumstance. I mean, they're hard, they're hard and fast on the lower age limit for the kids clubs, but the teen clubs are a little bit more flexible. Were you able to fill out that waiver beforehand? Like you, you know, um, we always have to fill out the, who can pick up our kids waiver and also who can take our kids off the ship. We do that beforehand during online check-ins. So we don't have to worry about it for the waivers for the, you know, I guess playing up to the higher club. Did you have to do that on board? Yeah, we had to do that on board. There was really nothing at online check-in for any of the teen clubs. It was just the kids club for signing in and out because the teen clubs are come and go as you wish. There's no checking in. I mean, I guess we had to, had to register when we got on board, but it was just a sticker on the um, key to the world card that they put on there to, I guess, sort of verify age or whatever. But, but yeah, we just went to the open house on 
the day of boarding and just signed a quick little, you know, half pager that was super easy to do and really no questions asked. Makes sense. So, I mean, that sounds pretty awesome. I mean, the thing that I hear with people's teens and even their tweens is that they kind of never see them when they're on the ship. Did you uh, experience that? You know, how did you, and and how did you stay in touch um, while you were on the ship? Especially, I think your daughter has a phone, but they're again, not, uh, even if she does, not the greatest uh, service, you know, to be able to connect. So the phone was actually the 14th birthday gift. So she did not get that until more than halfway through the cruise. And we did use the the DCL app to text um, back and forth with her after the point where she did have the phone. Otherwise, we just usually were like, okay, this is the one thing that we're meeting up for it. You know, at six, we're seeing the show, you know, be there, watch the clocks, whatever. And, you know, otherwise she was able to sort of come and go with friends as she pleased. And she really had a blast. I mean, Part of the reason it was such a great cruise for her at this age was because it was a spring break cruise. There were a lot of families, more than there would be at down times of year. So there were a lot of teenagers on this cruise, um, a lot of different friends to choose from. And, there, it, you know, she was pretty good about balancing her time between doing some family things. Like we always ate dinner together as a family. We went to all the shows. And then, but during the daytime, she was off hanging with friends and meeting up at, you know, different, different activities. And I mean, it was really impressive how much they had for the teens. There was something going on at the, at the teen club pretty much every day at all times. As soon as it opened, usually opened at like 11 o'clock in the morning. The beauty of rule following older sisters that you I know. Could, uh, so, uh, that, that worked <laughs> she out. She showed up. <laughs> yeah. That's that. I mean, that's good. That's good. Yeah. And you were not uh, complaining to me about having to argue with her about anything. So seems like the, the, it was a great balance of independence and family time for her. Anything else about the teen offerings or even, you know, how did your son do in the younger kids club? Even though I know um, we're mostly focused on, I, I think the teen offerings are kind of the new thing for at least for this podcast you know you're you're blazing the trail with the 14 year old but um you know how did your son do in the oceaneers club he did great he loved all of the video games especially i don't think those were really maybe they were there on our cruise six years ago but they certainly weren't as extensive and he obviously was not as interested six years ago in video games as he is now as a nine and a half year old boy but yeah he he enjoyed it he was happy to be dropped off and because he's nine he was able to check himself out we gave him permission to check himself out and we sort of made a rule if you check yourself out you go right back to the cabin don't go anywhere else and we'll know that you're there. And and I would say that the app was pretty good about notifying us when he checked himself out. So we could see on our, you know, push notifications that he had gone back to the room and then we would finish what we were doing and go back and meet him, you know, 30 minutes later or whatever. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, we gave our daughter permission to check herself out, but she never did. And so I never like made the connection. Yeah, of course the app tells you when the kid checks themselves out. So that's uh, good to know. All right, let's um, you know, let's spread things out, do the ups and downs separately. So let's let's start with your first down. What do you have here? And I think uh, we have this experience in common generally. Yeah. So the down for me was just the motion of the ship, and so this is a factor caused by two things. I mean, first, the wonder is the smaller of Disney's class of ships, so it's going to move more than the bigger ships. 
And, you know, we also were in the open Pacific, which is a rougher sail than anywhere in the Caribbean and like the inside passage of Alaska, et cetera, et cetera. So I guess it, it was pretty okay the first few days and maybe we just had pretty calm seas and then it picked up quite a bit um, the last two days of the cruise and we were rocking and rolling and it, I, I have vertigo and it didn't bother me on the ship. Like I got a little queasy, but you know, nothing debilitating in any way, shape or form. But when I started packing the last night and I was having to lean over and put things in a suitcase while we were really, really moving, it kind of got to me. And I am still spinning as we record this right now. I've been off the ship for 48 hours and again, not debilitating, but I am having to <laughs> take a long time to get my land legs back afterwards. So that's something that folks should keep in mind. Um, the smaller ship and certain sailings, depending upon where you're going, you're going to get a lot more motion. Yeah, I just want you to know, Leslie, that I'm just fidgeting in my chair. And so your head is not playing tricks with you. <laughs> I am moving. So uh, <laughs> don't worry about that. But uh, yeah, joking aside. Yeah, so the Caribbean is generally calmer and Alaska just talking about we were on the wonder as well. But yeah, the inside passage, it was like it was like being on a river almost there was like barely any movement on the way so for us it was like the last night this the last sea day they you're up in alaska and then you're making your way all the way back to vancouver and so to go faster they did not go through the inside passage so that last day that last sea day was a little bit and that was the worst weather that we had on our particular alaska sailing um so that's definitely something to bear in mind I know you had mentioned some people in your family were using C-bands. Did you end up using that or? Yeah, I just toughed it out because it wasn't really seasickness for me. It's more the vertigo. And I didn't know if C-bands really does anything for that. So, you know, if it had gotten worse or anything, or we had been on a longer, um, on the ship for longer, I probably would have tried some Dramamine or some, some C-bands. But we did have my daughter and my husband both used C-bands at different points during the rougher parts of the cruise. Do they feel like that worked for them? I still haven't yeah. gotten to the point to try that. Yeah, yet. and we, we found that we noticed it more at night. During the daytime, it really didn't bother us. We were up and moving around. But when you finally slow down and you lie down in bed for the evening, then you start really feeling that motion of the ship. And that's often, like you say, when the ship is going faster because it's repositioning to somewhere. So so you're getting more motion then. So they just put them on to sleep in, and that, that definitely helped. Yeah, people say I wish I wish this could be me, but people say that the rocking soothes them when they're going to bed. Like you know, same thing with babies, right? You rock them to sleep. But uh, I'm immature in many ways, but in terms of being rocked to sleep, uh, that does not work for me. But yeah, definitely something to bear in mind when it comes to uh, cruise. All right, let's move back to the positive. What's your second up? All right, this is probably old news for folks who have sailed Disney before, but the cabins are a definite positive. You know, I kind of worried, you know, the last time we were on the Disney cruise six years ago, my son was three, you know, he didn't take up a lot of space. Was this going to be too tight of a fit for our family of four with a 14-year-old and a nine-year-old? And we were just amazed. And my husband is a very, very tough critic. And we walked into the cabin, we started unpacking, and he was like, they've thought of everything. And we were each able to find a section of drawers where each person had a sort of space, several drawers to unpack. And, you know, then we sort of put the bigger things in the closet. And the layout of having the split bathroom was great because my husband and 
And son and I used uh, the first bathroom, which is the one with the sink and the toilet for sort of getting ready and, and toiletries and things like that. And then we let my teenage daughter take over the other sink with all the makeup and everything like that. Um, the one that has the tub and shower in that room. So that give, gave us a lot of counter space to work with. And, you know, as long as we were pretty vigilant about tucking stuff away, you know, if we change clothes, you know, throw it back in the drawer, throw it back in the closet. The room stayed pretty neat. The cabin stayed pretty neat for the the bulk of our sailing. And we felt like we weren't bumping into each other too much in that tight space, even when all four of us were in there. Yeah. So one thing to note, yes, the Wonder and the Magic are the smallest of the Disney ships, but they also have the biggest stateroom. So, you know, as you go from the Magic class to the Dream class, and then to now the Wish class, it gets like 10 square feet smaller. So just you know, squeezes in just a little bit. I was talking to uh, actually one of our friends and Patreon supporter, Sam C about it. He's like, you guys got to stop doing Disney cruise line stuff. So I'm glad we have some of the negative stuff in here, Leslie, but um, the wish they have optimized. It seems they've optimized the wish for space, but in Disney's favor, you know, they've cut off as much square footage. And, you know, I hear that the dining areas are as tight as they can possibly be so it's actually um pretty nice and yeah we found when we were on the wonder that there was plenty of room like we didn't even use all the drawers um we packed pretty light but um and then even moving on the dream in february we still had plenty of space for all oh wait no never mind we booked i forgot we booked the suite so uh, ignore me uh ignore <laughs> ignore my privilege please um but yes a lot of space in there and like you said it is very uh well designed and so we appreciate it that as well. Definitely. And it makes me a little bit sad and frustrated about some of the Disney on-property hotel rooms because there have been plenty of times I've been in an on-property, very expensive Disney deluxe resort, and there have not been enough drawers for even part of my family to unpack. So Disney can and should be doing better in its hotels based upon what I see on Cruise Line. Well put, well put. All right. What's your next uh, down? All right, next down, and I actually texted you about this during a moment of working Wi-Fi on The Wonder, the lines to see the characters were far, far too long for a cruise. And it was much more like the theme parks. I mean, we waited in line like a half hour to see, you know, a character that was only given 10 minutes on the app, or at least you had 10 minutes to show up and get in line. And then, you know, you're waiting in line for half an hour. It was it was too long. I mean, part of it was, again, due to the fact the ship was as full as it could possibly be being a spring break cruise. You know, not only was every cabin filled, but many more cabins were filled with families like mine, families of four, because the kids were off of school for uh, the Easter weekend. So I, I think it was as bad as it could have gotten, but it Disney should have anticipated that and maybe, you know, had more frequent meet and greets. It was rough. And as a result, we didn't really see that many characters. We did do a character dance party in the lobby on the first sea day that was awesome. And the way Disney did it was they um, brought different characters out and they each they gave them each sort of a corner and they would play a song. And then when the song was over, the characters would shift to the next spot. So they did this rotation of like six or seven different spots. So kids stayed put, characters moved, and kids got to see several characters during that dance party. But the lines just to get photos and autographs were much too long. And we only saw two characters as a result because there were better things to do on the ship than stand in line for 30 minutes, you know, even on a sea day. 
Yeah, for me, I don't feel like the characters are worth it. Just like it's like okay, sometimes they're wearing like cool outfits, and then maybe I wanna. But you know, I've taken so many character pictures. I used to say, and this is might be very outdated, that like it's probably best to line up 10, 15 minutes early and just do that as your wait instead of getting in line once the character comes. Did you try that at all? Or did it seem like that might've been better if you had had time to try that? We ended up in line early for a character because we were late for the character we intended and it still was quite the wait. So, you know, I think a lot of people are onto that and if there's a character they really want to see, they're lining up in advance. And the other thing we noticed, the character lines got longer as the cruise went on because a lot of people kind of ignored them the first day and then they were like, oh, you know, this is the last chance to see Chip and Dale on this cruise, so... I've got to make sure I make that. So I think if you're going to prioritize characters, you should do it early because the later you get in the cruise, the, the more the demand. And uh, my last question is, um, did you end up getting the photo package? I can't remember. I think we had chatted about doing it. So We didn't. We debated about it, and it just ultimately was too much money. It was over $200 for a five-day cruise. I mean, when you compare that to Aulani's one-week photo pass that you can get for $78, I just don't understand why it's quite so expensive. And, and we thought about buying a la carte, but then ultimately one thing I really don't like about Disney Cruise and how they do it, you had to go to shutters and buy something before you got off the ship. And again, my entertainment time is valuable. I would have loved if there had been a website where I could have accessed after the fact. I mean, I would buy photos right now that I know we took. And so I guess Disney's missing out on that revenue, but maybe they're maximizing revenue for people who feel like they must buy because it's their only chance on the ship. But they, they lost out on, I mean, I probably would have bought five photos. So that was a hundred bucks. I think it's another one of the weird, like Disney IT things. Like they just don't have the system in place. And here's where I will put in that we typically, we typically pay because I try to get at least one or two Christmas picture shot out of it. And um, if you heard us talking a month or two ago, Leslie has the best Christmas photos. They have their own photo shoot. So she doesn't need that, which is a, you know, she saves her money. She saves her photo money for that photo shoot. So uh, if you can get yourself on Leslie's Christmas card list, uh, you'll never be disappointed. But uh, all right, let's move back. Uh, besides the up of your Christmas card, Leslie, what is your third up? For all right. The, uh, third cruise? up is just generally for the entertainment. And I mean, of course, the shows, all three of the shows were super high quality, great performers, but also just everything else that was happen happening on the ship. I mean, we chose this cruise in part because it was a little bit of a cruise to nowhere. Cabo's not nowhere, obviously. Ensenada kind of is nowhere. There's not really much going on in Ensenada. But Cabo is a destination that Californians can visit easily and cheaply. And we have been there before, I mean, my husband and I, and, and we know we'll take the kids back at some point and, you know, spend a week at a resort there. So it wasn't essential for us to, to spend a lot of time in any of the ports. And we knew that in booking this kind of cruise that we could really enjoy everything that Disney had to offer on the ship and not spend a lot of time in port and, and really just do all the activities and entertainment. And, and we were very impressed by everything that was going on. I mean, some of the stuff we did was kind of like, I don't know, maybe roll your eyes if you're not on a cruise ship. We did a lot of karaoke. We did a lot of trivia, but we had a lot of fun. It was really well done. The cast members who were running those um, entertainment offerings were super great. They were the best of the best. I mean, like you'd see in the parks, very funny. The trivia was really good. The, you know, 
sort of you got to know the karaoke people who were who were singing often and it was a, a great little community and then you know my kids my, my son and daughter and husband all sang I spared the ship my poor singing skills but then then they got recognized by like people on the ship you know at dinner they're like hey you did a great job at karaoke it was really cute in terms of building a community so so we were really impressed and sort of as an addendum to that or maybe a bonus to that I have to give thumbs up to the DCL app while on board. Now, before the sh the cruise, I thought the DCL app was junk. It never worked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had a hard time. It would time out. It would kick me out, whatever. But once I was on the ship, it was like it was a different app. And it was really great to have everything that you could see right there at your fingertips. Like, what's coming up? I don't have anything going on. Like, what's coming up in the next 15 minutes? Oh, there's a trivia I can go to and... And I loved how you could heart things and then it would give you push notifications of 15 minutes in advance, which gave you enough time to finish what you were doing and walk to um, where the next thing was happening on the ship and not miss it. Because things do start very promptly on the cruise ship. So thumbs up to the entertainment team and everything. We were highly, highly entertained the entire time. Yeah, two things about the app. The first is you really need to commit to staying on airplane mode. I think it definitely works the best when you do that. And they tell you to do that and the app tells you to do that, but not everyone listens. So commit to that and the app works better. And the other thing is they really have been updating the app over the last, even between when you sailed, um, this is April, 2023. And when we sailed on the wonder in August, 2022, they've updated the app, I think at least twice since then. And even on the dream in February, we noticed that the app was better. And, and I, it's good to see that they're, finally investing in that as it should be. Um, I think the other thing to note is I was like watching your story and l listening to you talk about all the entertainment stuff you did. And it's like between our two families, you know, there's like very little overlap of the stuff that we did on the ship, which just goes to show, you know, I've been on Disney Cruise Line for 11 nights over the last year and you were on for five nights and like we're not overlapping our entertainment activities, which means there's so much more um, to do and enjoy. And there's really a lot for every kind of family. And I don't think you guys played bingo, right? And we've never played bingo either. Yeah, people were really into bingo. And we almost bit, but we ultimately just kind of ran out of time. If it had been a longer cruise, we would have. All right. Well, we both agree that the entertainment is great. Let's. Uh, what is your third down for your Disney cruise? All right. I kind of hated this third one, but I thought the meal service, specifically on the very full ship that we were on, was not quite up to snuff. To be fair, this is not a critique of the service staff that we had. They were fantastic and we really enjoyed them and liked them and uh, tipped them appropriately. But this was kind of more of a critique of the structural problem that is really on Disney. and. You know, I think when the ship was as full as it was, there simply were too many people to be served by each weight team. And we heard this actually quite a bit from folks in the Facebook group that we were in for the sailing as well. And this this seemed a little bit out of character for Disney cruising generally, because a lot of the people on our ship, you know, did have six, seven, eight cruises under their belt. And they were like, this was, was not normally how it is. So I think it was just a result of there being too many people. And, and you said, Joe, I'm your very first client who 
uh, waitlisted, you know, for early seating and didn't get moved to early seating. We had late seating and even the late seating was jam packed full, every table filled and, you know, definitely felt like the tables were pretty tight together. So it just was a super, super full ship. And the first night especially was really rough. And, and Joe, you told me at the time that that's kind of par for the course. I think, you know, the serving team were, you know, they're trying to get to know everybody's preferences and, you know, who likes to eat quick, who likes to eat, take their time, what, who has a specialty drink, et cetera, et cetera. So that was not great the first night. But then the service did get better. But even still, the meals were slower than we wanted. Like we had to count on for an 8.15 seating that we would not be out of there until 10. That was the earliest we could possibly be out of there, you know, unless I guess we were going to skip a course. Yeah, that sounds pretty rough. And yes, you still are the only person never to get off the wait list. It's funny. I had like, while you were on the ship, I got a bunch of notifications of clients getting off the wait list, but they're not going in the spring break, which I guess uh, is the thing, which is kind of one of the reasons, especially because you can on, on your five night cruise, you can bail 90 days in advance and get a full refund of your deposit. You know, when you, I guess we didn't get you on the wait list early enough. I mean, we decided too late for this spring break trip, but it, it was very full because I looked a couple weeks before and there was like no room on your sailing for anyone to add on at all. Yeah. I can't remember. I think we booked this cruise less than 60 days out if I'm remembering correctly, because I think at the point at which we paid for it, I was even too late to like miss the, the silver booking for shore excursions. So yeah, we, we booked it last too, minute. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. so that was part of it. I mean, we did do this last minute, so that's on us. So I guess that's just something to keep in mind. And ultimately I will say, Joe, I was very happy that we had late seating. Early seating would have been too early based upon what our family wanted to do. And it just gave us a little more time. I mean, it was still too late to eat for us, um, but the kids just ran to the Pinocchio's pizza and grabbed a couple of slices, usually at like four or five o'clock every day. And then they were fine. Good to know. Um, I let's do this. Uh, I'll throw you a little curveball, Leslie. So we're going to pause on the Disney cruise line stuff. I was at Tron, uh, or I was at Disney world and the weekend before Tron opened to check it out. So I'll do a quick one up one down for Tron. I got to ride the traction twice and disclosure, Disney invited Travelmation, my travel agency down for it. They called it a social media conference. And so they gave us a hotel room at Coronado Springs, uh, two lift passes to and from the airport. You can listen to my trip report about my lift experience. Uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber and, um, a hundred dollar gift card for food or genie plus or whatever. Um, and so that was really nice. And so thank you to Disney and thank you to Travelmation for sending me down. And also, um, you know, I had to pay for my own flights, but that was fine. Anyway, got to ride Tron. Want to do a quick one up, one down for it. I'll do the one down first, Leslie, um, and we'll talk about Tron. I think we should wait to do a ride guide on Tron until things have smoothed out more. But my quick down on Tron, and I think you know this, Leslie, this is the first virtual queue where they're not letting people in late. Um, and it is pretty bad. And, you know, I think we have, uh, you know, what's the... Pre you, do you know the prevailing theory of why they're not letting people in late? Well, I guess I've heard that they don't want people to all ride after dark because it's a different ride experience at dark. Is it something different than that? No, I think that's what it is. Okay. So, I mean, they haven't officially said it. And to be fair, I wrote it during the 
daytime and it was still pretty awesome but you know you can see how cool the canopy looks at night and stuff like that so you can see why people but you're only in that section of the canopy for like 10 seconds but anyway um you cannot come relate for your virtual queue i have heard some data points that like if you bring your dining reservation receipt like that it was actually at the same time sometimes they will be um let you through um i've heard also you know I just I just heard in a Facebook group there was someone who had a Guardians of the Galaxy Lightning Lane for a certain time, but then their Tron Virtual Queue is called back in the same time, and then the Blue Umbrella actually changed their Guardians of the Galaxy thing to an anytime, and still had them go to their Tron Virtual Queue at the so Tron Virtual Queue it's tricky um, because you don't know when your Virtual Queue number is going to be called and. You're gonna have to like drop everything and get to Magic Kingdom within an hour, especially if you're not at Magic Kingdom, um, to do that. So that's the down. Uh, the real up on Tron Light Cycle Run, I will say, Leslie, is the music is awesome. It like really made the ride for me. I mean, the visuals and the ride itself very cool. Um, I think for me, it's actually better than Guardians because it's shorter and you know I get too sick and stuff like that. But if I was younger, me would probably still prefer Guardians just due to the length, but the music, um, and Guardians has really great music and Guardians has the advantage of different music every time you ride, but the Tron music, it was really good. It's like a version of the Daft Punk um, soundtrack from the most recent movie. It's really good and really, you know, it. it's the first time in a while that I'm like, oh, the sound engineering on this attraction is really good. Like, it's not just that, like, stuff is loud. Um, it sounds really great. So overall, it was a great experience. Um, you know, I think you're going to really like it when you get to go on it. And so that's my quick one up and one down from Tron. So we'll cram our two trip reports into one. All right. Very efficient. Um, I'm excited to try it, but don't have any Disney World planned uh, at the moment. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll find out. All right. So uh, let's get back to Disney Cruise Line. We'll close off the Tron portion, the, the short Tron uh, diversion on this podcast. And uh, why don't you close things out with our traditional Disney do or don't and uh, Disney Cruise Line style? All right. So my Disney do is if you aren't able to get Palo reservations or the, the Palo reservations that you want, um, then do try early and often on the cruise ship itself. I mean, like we say, said, I booked this less than 60 days in advance. I was able to go on at that point and make a dinner reservation for Palo. And if you don't know, Palo is the fine dining, you know, upcharge restaurant on the, the ships. Um, or at least, is it on every ship? There's a Palo on every ship? And Palo on every ship. And on the three newer ships, it's like the cheaper upcharge of the upcharge yeah okay so in any event other ships right right so we got on the ship and we were like oh maybe we should we should do brunch and that's like the hard ticket to get and we were easily able to get a brunch reservation and we ultimately end up canceling it because the only day we were able to get was on my daughter's birthday and she wanted to have brunch with us so uh but we were really impressed and we were able to book another dining time for dinner and it was very easy to move around our palo reservations and get times that we wanted and then when we dined there we were blown away it was half empty so clearly it was not sold out. And maybe that was, again, a function of the fact that this was a very family full cruise and it was Easter. So families maybe wanted to dine together more often. But we were 
really surprised that Palo was nowhere close to sold out and we could get times that we wanted. And we ended up dining at 6.30, which is like peak reservation time. Yeah, I found dinner to be no problem, even if you're trying to book it last minute. But then there's so much movement when you get on the ship because it's like you don't know which restaurants you're repeating of the main three dining. Um, you don't know which ones you're repeating until you get on the ship and then everyone wants to switch. It's, it's just it's not an efficient system, but it uh, can lead to getting good results in the end. And it was my same experience as well. Like um, I, I would, I would call the restaurant half full, but yes, it was 50% of its capacity. Yeah. And the, it, it is surprising to me that Disney doesn't tell you your full schedule in advance of sailing. So I found that I was having to rejigger our plans a lot while on board, which was fine because we had not made that many hard and fast plans, but it would have been annoying if we had you know, really committed to some shore excursions. And then we were like, oh gosh, that's also pirate night. And then, you know, th this restaurant for dinner, we weren't able to, to plan as far in advance as I guess sort of as my usual habit, at least for the parks. Yep. I hear that. Um, and it, it is a bit of a mind reset, you know, it's still Disney, but, and it's still a lot of planning, but in a different way, in a much more relaxed and also on the fly kind of way. Well, that's a great Disney do about Palo. So Leslie, thank you for both giving us Palo tips and also giving us hope that our 14 year olds will still want to spend time with us uh, as they age. Thank you so much, everyone for listening. Um, again, if you want to catch more blow by blow trip stuff, check us out on patreon.com slash Disney deciphered. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and I will see you on a Disney Deciphered group cruise, we should do something together. At least the two of us. Ooh, thanks, Joe. <laughs>